because I just worry about all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? If I just focus on what God want me to do, focus on his word, focus on getting the word to people, then everything else is going to come, right? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another glorious episode of the Tents and Tabernacles podcast, where we meet God through the person of Jesus Christ. It's your girl Vic here. And it's Wiggy here. And we're back. We're back. Why did I low-key think this was episode 21? Like in my notes, it was like TNT episode 21. It's episode 22. But I just realized that five minutes ago. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we already did 21. We did. Oh, 21 yeah, was episode, a lot. <laughs> episode 22. Um, I want to say we apologize for the sound. I already put the disclaimer in the notes on the last episode. Y'all know we don't roll like that. I mean, sometimes we have minor sound issues, but not like that. Last like, week. I almost didn't even want to put it up. But I was Girl, like, there was some either. good things. There was a, some good things, though, that were said. I was like, man, we're not going to redo yeah. it. It's not getting redone. No. no. I'm not redoing it. No. So I was like, you go get, the, you know, you know. I think it had yeah, like 11 plays on audio and maybe like seven on video. Those are the people, they know, they know. Hopefully, yeah. if you were a new listener, hopefully... You don't you go back to the other ones. Like yes, it was an yeah, anomaly back, for sure. Go back to the beginning. Y'all know we didn't have twenty some episodes of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> like, for sure, for sure. Between this is thing, between us not really knowing where we were in scripture because we were confused on the kings and the sound, I was like, bro. It was not our just, greatest moment. Just turn it off. <laughs> it <was> not. <laughs> Not fully our potential, I promise you. But not our proudest moment. <laughs> yes, but we did it. But I think we're back today. The sound sounds good on my end. Sounds mm-hmm. good on her end, right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm learning that I guess on my end, I really hear everything because I'm. It's yeah. recording on my computer. So anyway, this week, um, me and Vic decided we were gonna skip. <laughs> Highs and tries because we can't think of any. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go straight into our meat. Um, this week we forgot to we talked about Elijah last week, but we didn't talk about him going up to heaven. Yeah. And I just think that I just have questions. You know what I mean? Why what do you think? Okay, this is my question. Okay, so okay, background. Elijah is a prophet, right? And we uh-huh. we didn't tell you. We didn't tell you guys about how Elijah got Elisha, like he just like recruited him and he was like his like mentee. It was like a mentor mentee type situation because mm-hmm. Elisha was already like chosen to be his successor, yeah. right? Which we don't mm-hmm. see it all the time with prophets, but we saw it this time. So they're kind of special. But like, why does Elijah get to go to heaven and not die? Why? What is the reason? Insert Cardi B. What was the reason? reason? I mean, not that I'm mad at it, but But I mean, yeah, there's only like two people other than Jesus that did that, and Jesus did die. He just rose again. Not even Jesus got to escape death. Okay, who who gets to escape death? Enoch Enoch and and Elijah. Elijah. But why? Because they were and then like Elijah was Melchizedek because he has no beginning and has no end. But yeah, we don't know what happened to him. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. 
we don't know. But you're not gonna lie, Jeff. I don't, I don't know. know. I just, I, I always, it's one of my favorite stories because I'm like, ooh, he just, a fire and a chariot came down yeah. and just scooped him like, up. Yeah, the chariot swung low and caught him up. And I'm just like, oh. okay, bro. Is that where that song comes from? Swing, swing low, low, sweet chariot? chariot? Yeah. Yo. For real? Mm-hmm. Wow. I learned <laughs> something new just now. I never really thought. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and it's carrying me home. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Insert the fighting temptations. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. But yeah. So during this time, okay, this is the thing. Before Elijah even gets taken up, they know that it's about to happen. Elijah, yeah. Elijah, and apparently the sons of the prophets, they all know it's coming. But everybody, yeah, like they all up. go up together and like, like, well, you know, let's hug, let's let's, yeah, and it's what it is. Elijah, Here are my parting words to you, like. Elijah keeps trying to like send Elisha somewhere. He's like, I yeah. need you to go. Elisha's like, no, I refuse. Like, aren't you about to get taken to heaven? I am not leaving. Why you. would I miss this? I got front row you, seats. I'm not going to concessions. I'm not missing the I I love you, like. I will not go anywhere. I stay here. I stay. Yeah. Like Elisha is like Ruth on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ruth was mm-hmm. like, nah, like wherever you go, I go. Your God is my God. Elisha was like, if you tell me to leave one more time, I'm dying with you. Yeah. Like Do you straight think, up. I don't know. Elisha, they're just some interesting characters. And you guys, uh, this is the Second Kings two. If, you want, if you're reading your Bible, you should be. Um, there's an instance Elijah before he gets carried away, he splits like the water. I don't know what body of water it was now that I think about it, but some kind of river. And I was like, "Ooh, we see another parting of the waters." He hit the water with his mantle. What exactly is a mantle? I wonder if it's like a shawl thing. Yeah, I can't think. I feel like it's something that you wear because they always say he took up his mantle or like it's something you kind of got to maybe it hangs. Oh, I should Google it. But he hits the water with his mantle and they cross across on dry land. And y'all know we always think that that's amazing that the land is just dry. Yeah. Like, what the heck? You know, like, but and then once uh, Elijah goes up into the heavens Elisha parts the water him uh, again too. I was like, "Wow!" And this proves that Elisha he got all of Elijah's powers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's <is> annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he has superpowers. I mean, it dude just like cut and run, you know, on foot. I like, mean, dude, this is the thing. He seems uh, like before, he had a lot of superpowers before Elijah left, and we already talked about last episode. If y'all can hear through the murk about how Elijah got. Just random powers of speed and just so random, you know, knows how to read people real well, <laughs> shade people, like yes. But and Elisha, like throughout throughout Second Kings, he had the same type of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and the same type the of same mouth, thing. like the yes. same type of sassiness. Yes. So before Elijah leaves. No, Elijah asked Elisha after finally Elisha don't leave. He like I think he was testing him. And he's like, okay, so what do you want before I leave? And he's like, give me a double portion of you. <laughs> he's like, all right, 
Okay. I know, but what I read, what I read about that was that what he requested was like he got like his portion that was already promised to him because he was already the successor. Like it was already meant to be. It might have been mm-hmm. prophesied, maybe. I don't know. And then he also got like Elijah's, I guess, like you said, his anointing. Mm-hmm. So, like, so when he parted that water, he was already like operating in his in his gifts it was like apparent like yeah elijah gave you his supernatural gotcha. God power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah elijah elijah just was a weird flex at all times like yes yeah like, yeah elijah that's what i will say about the difference between elijah and elisha elisha had a lot of he did a lot of stuff like that was powerful crazy but he didn't like I don't know. He didn't just run. like you didn't see an instance of him like running five hundred miles in five seconds. Yeah, Elisha's stuff never seemed random. Now yeah, like I will say that when and he, he just, died like, a real stopped. death. Yeah, but like I would say that Elisha, like when he would prophesy over people, ever there's a point where he's just like holding someone's hand and like staring at them, and then just starts crying. And the guy was like, "What's up?" And then he's like. I, I see what you're gonna do to Judah, and yeah, it's so bad. Like, and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I, I wouldn't know mm. what to do if someone's just staring at me intensely. Yeah. and then it's like conversation over. It's so awkward. Yeah, and then just bust into tears. Like, yeah, like he they were wept. very they were very emotional. Maybe that's what happens when you have that strong of the spirit of God on you. You just, I mean, think about when you just think about God, the way, especially old Testament. Oh, God got a lot of emotions and he will let you know about them. And I don't think, I I don't think anything's wrong with it. Honestly, I don't think so. No, No, we have emotions for a reason. People, People think he, I don't know. It's weird, but <laughs> I think he's justified. Because y'all yeah. be tripping. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to briefly touch on that. Did you have um, anything for Elijah? Elijah? Yeah, or Elijah? Uh, no, I didn't have anything. Okay. I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't go back. Oh, one me. quick side note. Uh, the sons of the prophets who, who really already knew that Elijah was going to be gone, when he got carried away, they were they went to go search for him. At first, they were like, maybe God just carried him away to somewhere else in Israel because there were times where God would do that, like just like move Elijah around randomly. Um, there was this instance, I forgot he was like, I forgot what the story was, but it was just like, that's why I kept saying that God be plopping Elijah where he want him to be. Um, I don't know. I forgot what it was, though. But they it was to just transported places. I'm telling you, that's why I say he's like a super, like a superhero. If there's any superhero in the book, in the it's Bible, Elijah. it's Elijah. Right. It's definitely him. Because yeah. he didn't even need, he barely even needed objects to make things happen. He's At raising all. people from the dead. Okay? By laying yeah. on top of them and stuff. Oh, and was it, which one? No, it was Elisha. Never mind. Elisha is all After Elisha also- died. Yeah, it was after Elisha's died. Elisha died at in his tomb or whatever. They were like some people were, I guess, being like attacked or whatever, and they just like threw somebody's dead body 
in Elisha's uh, grave. And as soon as the person, like the dead person, touched Elisha's Elisha's body, they were resurrected. What? I missed that part. Where was that? And this is Elisha. Like this is not yeah. Elisha. This is Elisha. You know, you know what? I okay. I think I know what you're talking about. It's okay. Yes. I didn't write it down. It's like but, later. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of like, crazy. You over so here healing people means, in death, my guy? I say, yeah, so that means like his body was still like anointed, like his bones? I guess so. Are the bones still there? Can we find them? Can we grab hold of those bruh. bones? Are they still there? Do bones disintegrate eventually? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's gone now. From dust you came to dust you shall return. Yeah. He's going now. Uh, but yeah, the sons of the prophets, they went searching for him. And then Elisha was looking at them like, don't go searching him, y'all. He's, he's gone. He's in, he no. went to heaven. They're like, are you sure? Are he you sure? He's like, it's a futile mission. But I mean, if y'all want to go look. By all means. By all um, means. <laughs> <laughs> after that, that begins um, Elisha's ministry. And the first story that caught my eye was um the widow's oil being multiplied so there's this lady and she's a widow she's actually a widow of one of the sons of the prophets i was like oh interesting okay so as you're saying this i have to ask is this different than the widow with elijah or is this the same widow I don't know because I don't remember if the widow with Elijah had two sons. And now, honestly, I thought you only had one. The one, the the widow with Elijah. um, We had one son. That's the son that got resurrected, right? Yeah. With the breathing problem. Uh huh. Yes. So this is a different lady. It's another lady. Okay. This lady is a widow of the sons of the prophets, and she is in debt. To somebody, to a creditor, to somebody. She's in debt. And the creditor is like, since you can't pay me, I'm going to take your two sons and they will be my slaves slash indentured mm-hmm. servants slash yeah. whatever until you work off the debt or until the year of Jubilee or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like upset about it. So she asked for Elisha's help. Elisha's like, all right, this is what you go do. He's like, what you got in here? <laughs> She's like, all I got in this house is some oil, a little bit of oil, probably like like a, a minute amount. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to all your neighbors and you're going to ask them for some containers, like the um, like the ceremonial oil mm-hmm. containers. Mm-hmm. And nobody objected, I guess. They were bringing the containers. He was like, you know, as they keep bringing containers, pour oil from her little container that she barely has enough left into the containers. And then she kept filling. And he was like, when you fill them up, move them to the side. So she's filling up these jars. Like, I don't know how many jars off of nothing. And then when, once people stopped bringing her the jars, there was no, like, she couldn't pour anymore. And I just thought, oh wow, what kind, what kind of miracle? Like that's crazy, and then she she uses the purpose is that she uses, she sells the oil, and her her sons don't have to go into slavery. That's awesome. Like, it, isn't that crazy? Like that's just it so cool. gives me, 
I feel like it gives me glimpses of Jesus. Oh yeah. Like it's giving me that uh water into wine situation where it's like just keep just pour the water. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Just do it. And um but you like he he could have just like probably snapped his fingers and gave her all the oil, but she yeah. had to like do the work. And I don't mm-hmm. really know what that means. I don't know how deep that is, but I feel like there's something there. You have to do you have to do what they what he says. Yeah. And things and you will be blessed by your yep. obedience. Mm, that's the word right there. That's what And that is literally right the perfect segue into something I wanted to bring up with Naaman. Naaman. Yes. Naaman. Okay, so Naaman had leprosy. He did. And um he had leprosy for like a good minute. I thought for a while, I think. And so he's like going to Elisha and he's like, heal me, bro. And Elisha's like, um, Elisha, like he sends for Elisha and he doesn't come in or doesn't like ask him to come out. He sends somebody in to tell him to go and wash in the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you'll be clean, like, and you'll be healed or whatever. And Naaman was like, Excuse me? Like, yeah. you're not just going to walk in here, snap your fingers, do the step. You can do it all by yourself. You're not just, like, you're not just going to heal me like this. So he gets mad. Naaman gets, like, full-blown upset. Like, I would never go and wash in the Jordan. Like, do you know how dirty that is? And why couldn't he just come in here, lay his hands on me, and call me healed? Like, why I got to do all this extra stuff? And his advisors was like, bro, just do it. Like, why are you, why are you having, like, like, what do you have to lose? Like, for real, for real, like, you you just, just do it. And, um, okay, I highlighted this because (sighs) the way we be expected healing sometimes. Okay, so. Well, what chapter is he getting in? Uh, Second Kings 5. Okay. And this is verse 11. It says, but Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over my leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the far, far better, far, far better than the rivers of Israel? Why should not washing them be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. Mm-hmm. So a few things. One, he was like, nah he's supposed to just lay his hands on me and i'll be healed so i don't have to do anything then he's like and the place that he's telling me to go wash is beneath me like yeah Yeah. you asked for healing i wasn't trying to give you healing yeah like i don't care if you're healed or not actually my life is just fine with or without you healed sir you was asking me exactly beggars can't be choosing sir and so mm. it's like, bruh, like whenever we're asking for healing, asking God for healing, he tells us to do something. Sometimes it'd be like, why do I have to talk to that person? Or do yeah. I really have to go see that doctor? Why can't you just heal me here? I don't want to have to take medication. Mm-hmm. Do what he tells Cause you to he do. Because he can do that. He can. And it is a reasonable question to be like, 
but why do I have to do this? But honestly, if you just get the healing and there was no steps need to be taken, be took is it took or take? I don't know. Taken. Will you? There you go. Will you really? Will I don't you know value if I appreciate it? it? Do you value it, or do you just start? You, will you st- just start viewing God as some kind of genie. magic eight ball? Yeah, yeah. genie. And that's like, not right. Like this requires us like it requires our side god's not just gonna be like oh here like in the sense of because yes god could just bless you out of nowhere but it's it's a covenant thing yeah so when we're asking for healing but don't want to put in any sacrifice like come on now Mm -hmm. and it's not even a sacrifice of like i'm losing something it's the sacrifice of obedience sometimes because sometimes the obedience doesn't look like what you wanted the obedience to look like. Like if you wanted to just go to the doctor and then they just automatically see that this mass is gone. But instead, God told you to go through chemo. Or um, if you are going to the doctor and and you're, I don't know, you broke your leg or whatever. You just want to go and and have it healed and then like everyone in the doctor's office is like oh my gosh this is a miracle this is a miracle it's still a miracle that your body heals itself with a cast on yeah yeah so we get this we get supernaturally uh or soup we become supernatural junkies mm-hmm. where we just want our next fix of supernatural when there's miracle like there's a miracle in you waking up in the morning you're not yeah. promised today you're not promised tomorrow like if you mm-hmm. wake up that's a miracle your body regenerated itself overnight yeah because that's how god designed it for you to wake up in the morning with breath in your lungs and so yeah. like every single thing that god does doesn't have to match with the box that you have put him in and it will never match god can do anything he wants yeah and your healing is our slogan facts god can do anything he wants <laughs> god does what he wants he does what he wants and it's like like your healing's not just for you so Mm. yes there are times where he does heal um i guess out of the blue let's just say that because it's all miraculous but it's like more out of the blue things that we have deemed as miracles right limbs growing out um uh, like organs being put back together all of that kind of stuff that we deem as miracles and then we throw out throw out or throw away the entire like medical system medicine is still a miracle because we didn't have it at one point yes yes science is a miracle it's just explaining the things that are happening exactly god God has created these things and even things that are uh synthetic or man-made he created the person who came up with those things yeah satan can't create no as much as we want to be like he can only imitate exactly so it's like anything that has been created was from god Mm -hmm. like you just have to trust him to know what you need to do in in every single situation like i said last week if you got through the audio like (laughs) You have to have God in your medical plans. If God is not in your medical plans, then you're not going to get healed. 
or you may get healed, but you won't be whole. Mm-hmm. Or you won't so, like really understand. I feel, well, I don't know. I feel like me personally, when things happen, like healing or being like safe from harm or something, I always really attribute it to God, like or just anything in general. I I'm at work sometimes telling people, "This ain't me. This God. I don't be doing nothing." Like everything is attributed to Him, no matter yeah. what. I don't know how I would live thinking like everything's just me or everything's just chance. That's just like, yeah. I feel like I would be depressed. <clears throat> Same. Cause then but, what's the point? Yeah. I'd be wondering what's keeping people on this earth. What's keeping you here? Is it Honestly. you? And if it's just you keeping yourself here and not your love and obedience to God, then it's like, that's a lot of burden on you. Yeah. That's a lot to like depend on just yourself. Mm-hmm. That is too much. That's too much I'm for like, you to bear. How do you forgive yourself? Because like if they the things don't. in your life are solely up to you and you're just walking around hating yourself or like not forgiving yourself for all these different things, that sounds miserable. They either don't forgive themselves or they don't feel like there's anything to be forgiven. Like there's those people who are mm-hmm. like, I feel like, what what is it? Um a nihilist when there's like nothing matters at all mm-hmm. and I don't have feelings and I don't have a purpose and I'm just being moved by the wind and it's like it sounds like it should be freeing from like your mental health issues but it can't be there's no way your brain works the way it works and that's yeah. just it oh what a what a tangent right oh, it was wonderful so Thank yeah you. Elisha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the widow's oil was multiplied. Uh, my next story about Elisha is the Shunammite woman. So mm-hmm. this is the same chapter, actually. That's in Second Kings 4. This is in the same chapter. And there was this prominent woman. She's like a rich lady. And she's a very generous lady. So she sees Elisha out and about, I guess. And she's like, come stay with me. I got to, you know, like, you need to eat. Come eat. Like, aren't you a man of God? Like, like, she knows, like, hey, man of God, you you got to take care of them. So, and now I'm thinking, what is the Shunammite? Is that that an Israelite or is that somebody else? Because how does she know how to respect the man of God? Like, how does she know? I don't know. I don't know. That's a different, I don't know. I got to look into that. So, she she persuades Elisha to stay, right? So um, this lady, she has a husband and no child. She's childless, but she seems to be content maybe in her childlessness. She doesn't really, I don't know. But um, he asked her what he can do for her. Did she ask for a child? Is that what happened? Now um, I can't remember. Hold on. So I now, think the... I think his servant said that the Shunammite woman didn't have a son. Okay. So then once he learns that he prophesies, by this time next year, you will have a son, right? So she has the child, and over the course of the years, it wasn't a baby. I'm assuming it's like a child that can run around in a field. Something happens. He has some sort of head injury, or he starts having a headache. I'm I'm thinking he could have either hit his head or he could have been having an aneurysm because he was complaining about his head hurting. Mm -hmm. So they bring him back to the house and he's sitting in his mom's lap. He dies in his mom's lap. Super tragic. 
Now, she yeah. doesn't seem to be super alarmed, but she is because uh, Elisha says it later. So uh, she had made Elisha a room in her house for him like to stay at when he's around. <laughs> and I feel like I would have did that too. You got to make room in the house for the prophet. So, oh, yeah. so she brings her son up to Elisha's room and she puts him on the bed and she closes the door. So she's to me, she's already acting in faith. She's like, look, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to put you right here. Yeah. She leaves. Her husband gives her a little pushback. He's like, it's not a, uh, he tells her it's not a new moon or something. He tells her, oh, she's like, I got to go. Summon the donkeys, saddle them up. I'm about to go see Elisha. He's like, why go to him today? It's not a new moon or a Sabbath. And she replies, it's all right. So the dad was going to wait. Because he has this probably this notion that things or miracles happen if it's uh, something to do with the moon or mm-hmm. if it's a Sabbath. So he's like, he don't have time to fool with you if it's not a certain type of moon. And she's like, look, you tripping. I'm about to go saddle the donkeys. How My ironic when people got mad that Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. This man only believes that healing happens on the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? When I saw that, I was yeah. like, she was like, it's all right. I gotta go. So she goes to Elisha. I think Elisha has a servant at this point. Uh, his mm-hmm. name was something. Gehazi. And Gehazi sees her coming. He's like, hey, that's the that's the girl. That's the Shunammite woman. He's like, why is she coming? What's going on? Um, He was like, something like she's in anguish. I, like he could sense she was in anguish, but he was like, the Lord hasn't told me yet. Like, like, like I'm thinking he's like, usually God would have told me already and I should be in tune, but you're, you're coming at me and I don't really know what's going on. And that's not like me. So mm-hmm. she tells him, she's like, didn't I tell you, I didn't need all the, all this action. I was actually okay. And you told me I was going to have a kid and now I had the kid and I'm in love with the kid, but the kid died. So you got to come and rectify some things. Mm-hmm. So Elisha goes back Before with her. I your manager. Yes, I got to speak to the manager because I did not ask for this. I'm the same way, though. Like, to me, it's like when you bring me into something that I didn't even care to be in, but now I like that I'm here, but then you rip it away from me. I didn't ask for this life. I was actually okay with my husband just being generous to the people walking by. It's like I told you, don't get my hopes up. Yeah, I told you. And now my kid is dead. She's like, didn't I tell you not to lie to me? So they go back, and Elisha, and this is another weird thing. I feel like, you know what's weird? Always, you know, you always have the witchcraft people who'll be like, y'all say y'all don't like witchcraft, but the things in the Bible sound like witchcraft, right? Blah, blah, blah. Like, and no, I'm like, sounds like the things in the Bible. Yes, it's backwards. And my thing is, if you like, if, if you do this stuff, why are you not into it? Why aren't you into it then? Why like, you right. should be into this? Like you should be like, huh? Why are you mad? Like Elijah, why are you mad? I don't get it. Why are you running? Come on, be like Elisha. And he goes and he lays on the boy. He puts like his mouth to his mouth, his eyes to his eyes, his mouth. What else? What everything is like lined up. His hands on his like hands, stretch his whole body out. Everything. Yes, and then he gets up. The, the, it says that the boy's flesh became warm, 
and he got up, he paced around, he did it again. Once he did it again, the boy sneezed seven times, that magic number seven, again. And he he is resurrected. He opens his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote down, Elisha resurrecting people just like Elijah did. And almost kind of the same way. I feel like, didn't Elijah stretch himself out on the board, too? Didn't he, like, breathe in his mouth or something? He didn't? I think he breathed in his mouth. Something like that. I feel like something was similar. I don't think he laid on him, though. He might not have, but I feel like he he breathed in his mouth. And I feel like Elisha yeah, breathed in his mouth. Yeah, but CPR. But don't right. you think it's like, just the, just the, like the, it's kind of, if you read it, it sounds like kind of like a ritual, like he's stretching out on him. He's he's doing things. He's pacing back and forth. He's stretching out on him again. And if you saw somebody doing that now, and just at a glance, you would think, oh, witchcraft or weird stuff, or mm-hmm. you might not stay away from that. But Elisha is probably one of the greatest men of God of all time. And he did it. But he mm-hmm. he's doing it for God. That's the thing people don't realize. This witchcraft, yeah. you know, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing that it for, part. well, yeah, for yourself, really, for your own intentions, for your glory. Mm-hmm. And you, use, you, you are misusing your gifts. Like I've seen, there's a girl I follow on TikTok. She used to be a, um, a medium and a psychic. And she was talking about how... Um, she realized that her gifts were being used like for the wrong side or whatever. Like mm-hmm. there's so many people, they have like a gift of <clears throat> prophecy, but they over there doing witchcraft. Like you supposed to be, you supposed to be, do, you supposed to be doing this for the Lord. Yeah. But you were there doing weird stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that made sense. But mm-hmm. I always think that I'm like, well, you keep talking about all the witchcraft you find in the Bible, but yeah, you still running from God, but you, but you like witchcraft. I'm confused. It's good but you to like me? me? Yeah, but what you like me? Where's the money? <laughs> um, yeah. Last <clears throat> kind of thing in our meet. Well, we got a meet slash uh, intercessory prayer person, but um, Elisha also multiplies bread, and that definitely points to Jesus. Yeah, I highlighted that for sure. Yeah, I was like, I'm all like- I put was Jesus. I was like, is this like, a Jesus reference? Even because... the 5,000? Question mark? Yeah. So that's, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, like, sounding real educated. But Elisha, it's literally almost the same story. Like, it sounds eerily similar that they don't have enough food. And they, they come to Elisha, like, ain't enough food. And he, like, just keep giving out the food. And then they have food left over. Same thing with Jesus. Same thing. Same person. I'm just kidding. Um, Is the rest of this this intercessory prayer? Yes. Okay. So now this is why I say it's going to be like meat slash intercessory prayer because this week we got to read the book of Jonah and I'm excited. It's a very short book. You can read it in like five seconds. You said that you were going to talk that we were going to talk about Jezebel's death. Oh, yeah. But I feel like we could put her in the intercessory prayer because she's evil. Yeah. So for I all mean, of the new people, yeah. you're right. So for all the new people, intercessory prayer is a time where we discuss those characters in the reading that needed a little bit more prayer to follow God in certain moments. Yeah. Like it would have been different if somebody was interceding for them. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. They needed they needed a grandmama praying for them and they did not have it. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. They needed a Moses. They needed some. They needed, they needed somebody. But it's just usually them. it's it's our villains, our people who made bad decisions. So we talked about Jonah. If you know anything about the story of Jonah, you know that he made a bad decision. <laughs> at first. So he and he was and he was a little bit of a brat. So our fun facts about the book of Jonah is the author is Jonah. He's a prophet of the northern kingdom Israel. Um, he most likely wrote it after these events of the book took place. So around 770 to 70, 50 BC. Um, the audience, he was writing he was writing about Nineveh, but he's actually writing to his fellow northern Israelites. Like just, I guess, telling them the story, telling them basically, you know. It needs to be told. Um, the reason mm-hmm. was that there is salvation for the Gentiles as well. This is like a peek into um, the Gentiles being saved because the people yeah. in Nineveh are not Israelites, but yet they're being called to repent. Um, and the theme is running from God and the eventual revival after you run from God. Quick fun fact that I just noticed this time, Jonah is mentioned in Second Kings 14.25. And I had to make sure it was the same Jonah. Yeah, he prophesied to. I thought Let me see. I saw that dude name. Yes, yeah, but then it's like, is that the is that the same one? I just so automatically assume it's not. Yeah, because some people everybody the has name. the same name. Yeah, but it because it said like where he was from, so that's the part that always tells you which one it is. But I can remember if this was Jonah, the whatever, whatever from whatever. So in 2 Kings 14, 25, it says, He restored Israel's border from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel had spoken through his servant, the prophet Jonah, son of Amittai, from Gath Hefer. So that is the first time he's mentioned. So I'm assuming that's why our reading plan stuck Jonah right here, because Jonah... I mean, he's like, he's not the first prophet to, like, if you read in the Bible, like, Jonah's, like, towards the yeah. end um, of the prophets. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Jonah, okay? So, y'all, Jonah, if you think it's just about a big fish or a whale, no, that is not even the point of the story. I'm so mad at Children's Church for telling me like for about real. Jonah and the whale and only only teaching me Jonah chapter two. There's four. Basically. And it's literally like two or three scriptures that talk about him being inside the well. I thought, I mean, yes, there is like a good chunk I mean, of it's important. God in the well. Yeah. But yeah, like him being in the well and getting out of the well, I thought this dude was just hanging out in the well, like eat, sleep, crying out to God the whole time. In, like, in like, the whole book. Like in the whole book, yeah. And then like he I thought that like within the first few verses he got into the well and then he was in the well the whole book and then mm-hmm. got out of the well and was like, Here's Jesus or here's the the guy I don't know, the the law. Yeah, here's the law, because that's what time it is. Um here's mm-hmm. God, here's who God is, and then that's the end. No. 
No. no, it was a whole nother section. Well, yes, that really matters. Actually, that's that the part that matters. Matters, and the ending of it. I mean, we'll get to it, but the, it has such an abrupt ending. I'm like, where's the rest? It does. It does. What, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, right. Background: mm-hmm. If you if you did not grow up in church, if you don't know about the story of Jonah well, and the whale. You should read it though. It's a quick read, y'all. It's a good it read. Really actually. Is. It's like what five chapters? Four short Four. chapters. Four Very short, short chapters. So God basically, okay, Joel is a prophet. God is like, bruh, I need you to go to Nineveh because they're evil. I can I, I'm sensing it too much now, and I need them to repent before I destroy them. And Jonah's like, no. He's like, I don't want to do that because, and we should discuss maybe what his reasons were. There's a few theories that okay, he didn't, so, why he didn't want to go preach to them. So my thing with it is that, or like my theory is that he didn't want them to actually be saved. He didn't feel like they deserved the chance to repent because of how bad they were. Yeah, they were real bad. Um, which... I personally connect with because that was my issue um, until I actually did something where I needed God to save me. And then I was like, Lord, get me out this whale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was still like, yeah. uh, no, there's a part. And this is why I say this. There's a part where Jonah is telling God because God was like, why are you mad? Like, do you deserve to be mad at this? He was like, yes, I deserve to be mad that you're just over here blessing people <laughs> and, and saving people because you're just out here with your with your uh, tender love and grace or whatever yes. and your mercy saving people. And I knew it. Oh, in the NLT, Jonah's like, and I knew you would do this. And I knew, yeah. I know you're like this. I know that you just be out Jonah here. Jonah was really going off on God. And you know, the thing is, this is I, so you. <laughs> I always say this. This is when we talked about David. I said this too. It's like when I see people getting real with God, like I, when I see them yelling, I, I'm always like, well, I don't feel bad about my prayers. Because right. sometimes I be getting they, a little grimy with him. Right. <laughs> Not grimy, like, but like. The Bible be like borderline disrespectful. Like how you going to tell God, like, you, why you, you don't need to save them? Like they're yeah. evil people. How do you tell God well, that? You say you related. I feel like a lot of us are like that. Like we feel like we got saved, we save, and we good. Ooh, th- yeah. I'm gonna read that later. But uh, Charles Spurgeon says something kind of about it is, and I feel like it's true. Like we just, we just don't feel like, like I, I'm good. Like I told, I told one of my old friends this, and in my heart, she's still my friend, but we don't talk right now. And we'll always argue about Christianity. And I say, you know what? I said, this might make me sound like a bad Christian. I said, but I don't really care if you saved or not. I said, it don't impact me. I told her that straight up because I was like, I'm tired of arguing with you and your salvation don't impact my salvation, but I should care about her salvation. And when yeah. I said that, I really was lying because I do care about her salvation. I do care. I don't want her to experience eternal torture and damnation or loneliness or you know, whatever hell is going to be for mm-hmm. her. I don't want her to have that. So it is a lie. But I think we've all had those moments where it's just like, well, I'm safe. And 
I'm I'm good in my salvation. I hope y'all are okay. Y'all good? Okay, bye. Like, or you or you can feel like they don't deserve it because you've been yeah so evil, so wicked. Why do you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe people are like a little uh, possessive about God. Like, it's my God, mine. You can't have it. Um, mine. I don't nah, know. I think it comes down. I'm not like that, but maybe some people are. I think it comes down to to pride. Um, mm-hmm. Pride and also a lack of revelation of grace. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. with Jonah, um, I honestly believe that he still had a, a belief that he earned his spot as prophet mm-hmm. or that he earned his relationship with God. Um, because of the way that he was like, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve that. And it's only when we understand that we didn't deserve it either that we can't say, but yeah, so I feel like Jonah deserved, I feel like Jonah deserved, felt like he deserved his spot in like the whole grand scheme of God and that like anybody in Nineveh, they, they, they're too far gone. So like them being evil, they shouldn't get God's mercy because I got God's mercy and I don't do what they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was another that's, theory about why he didn't. I think your theory is right, that he just didn't think that they deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. There's another theory that, uh, that like you said, the people were like super wicked and he thought that he could just be killed, which is um, not, I guess, having enough faith in God. Because if God sent you there, I mean, he could send you there to die, but I doubt it. Yeah. It's possible. He may. But dude, be throughout the whole thing, throughout the whole thing, he was like, just kill me now. Just kill me now. Yeah, so he's just not kill me now. Die. I could die right now. And I'm What's like, he wouldn't say they just want to die. Because Elijah was like that too. They are dramatic. They hey. are dramatic. Hey. Hey. Maybe you got to like really... You know, talk with some bass in your voice when you have a real connection with God like that. Possibly, or they're just like, maybe this place sucks. Come and get me. Like, come pick yeah, me up. Maybe. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, I've said that. I'd be like, God, I just want to go. I'd be want to be with you. I don't, don't want to be here no more. I'm good. Like, it's ghetto like, down here. Like, make it's it better ghetto. or just take me home. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and it's not like I want the whole Elijah treatment. Like, can I sign up for yeah. an Elijah vacay, please? Yes, I would like to be taken up in the chariot, swing low, sweet chariot. Take please, me home. Let me ride, please. Yes, I got to listen to that song now. I wish there was a way I could insert it into the episode, but I'm not. Um. Oh, background on Nineveh, where he was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, well, we kind of already said this. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was a very large city. Um, and it was a pagan Gentile city. So I think that's scary, though, calling some random people to repent. And they don't even worship God. It's not like it's Israel who started worshiping idols, but they knew who God was. Nineveh probably knows of God, but they don't have any allegiance to God. There's no covenant with God. They, It's like, who are you? Who are you, Jonah? You ain't nobody. I don't know you. Is there some sense of ethnic superiority here? Between who who thinks they're superior, uh, Nineveh or Jonah? Jonah. 
I it's because possible. These are Gentiles, and this is the first time that Gentiles are being mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kind of brought kinda, in. Yeah, I did hear but that once. Um, other than like you becoming an Israelite. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember when I read that, but I did read it. Maybe it was another kind of commentary I was using before, um, or maybe I heard a video. I don't remember where the resource was, but I did hear one time that it could have been not racially charged or culturally charged. Like it's like, you know, us Israelites, us Jewish people, we're the chosen ones, and you yeah. are God, and that that's not for them which they still had that problem all the way in the new Testament as we, as we see. Um, so yeah, so Jonah, he runs away. He's like, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I'm going to take a boat. I'm going to get on this boat. I'm going to pay these people to get on this boat to go to Tarshish. What's in Tarshish? Nothing. Um, Absolutely nothing. nothing. So he gets on the boat and now it's a storm at sea because God is like, I told you to go to Nineveh. You're not making it to Tarshish, sir. It's not happening. So it literally said that God arranged a storm. Oh, yeah. 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 Think about like what I mean, he can cause any kind of storm, but I'm wondering how bad it really was. The, they said the boat was breaking. How big is this boat? I, I have so many questions. How big is the boat? In what way is it breaking? Because once a boat breaks, it's just gonna sink. But they were they were acting like the boat was getting torn apart. The people on the boat. They start crying out to their gods. Well, first they start throwing cargo overboard. Then once they get desperate, they start calling out to their gods. There's no answer, of course. So then they're like, well, where's that guy who paid to ride with us? Because he's not out here. We're all panicking. I don't Mm -hmm. see him anywhere. He's nowhere to be found. He's down in the bottom sleep. Knocked out. Mm-hmm. And this could be another mirror of not saying that Jonah is Jesus, but remember when Jesus was in the boat and it, the they was crying about um, the storm and and Jesus was down there asleep just chilling mm-hmm. and they and they just like they went to Jesus, these people went to Jonah and was like, how can you be sleep during something like this? What are you doing? Help so, us. It's funny that you say that because throughout the Old Testament, any of those any of the people who were meant to cast a shadow of Jesus um that shadow I guess illuminated their what's the word imperfection so whenever we're thinking about it with Jesus like in comparison to Jesus we're able to see like none of these people were fit to be savior Mm-hmm. but Jesus and you see this yeah. like really big juxtaposition so when it comes to Jonah sleeping in the bottom of the boat it was like Jonah was running from bringing people salvation that's why he was yeah. in the boat yeah. and Jesus came to save us and then also they threw Jonah off the boat for their own salvation and the Israelites killed jesus which resulted in their salvation so it's like we get to see these like when they when they get put up right next to jesus it's like wow no one previously no matter what they did could never measure up to savior and that just makes jesus all the more like cool 
Mm-hmm. It's to see all of our imperfections. And all oh, of yeah, that's what I wanted to read. Let me find it in my, uh, I should have screenshot it, but I didn't yet, but I know where it was. It's in, it was in the Enduring Word commentary, but it was a quote um, from Charles Spurgeon. And, it, and this kind of goes back to like how, um, like, not that we don't care about other people's salvation, but we're like, we're kind of being like a little lazy, maybe like we're sleep on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, where was it at? at... Oh, hold on. Let me see. Dang, I, I knew I should have screenshotted it. Oh, here it goes. Oh, Jonah was asleep and all that confu- amid all that confusion noise. An old Christian man, for you to be indifferent to all that is going on in the world such as this, for you to be negligent of God's work in such a time as this is just as strange. The devil alone is making noise enough to wake up all the Jonas if they only want to awake. All around us, there is tumult and storm, yet some professing Christians are able, like Jonah, to go to sleep in the sides of the ship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our good old Charles Spurgeon. He be, um, shoot. Mm-hmm. He say it like this. Yeah, and I was like, wow. I mean, that's so true. Like, and I think that goes with what we were saying earlier when it's like you, there's all this stuff going on. And we're just comfortable in our salvation and we're good with us and we're not trying to really make impact on the world. Yeah. 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 I just want to insert that in real quick. So um, the stuff, you know, the sailors realize it's Jonah's fault and Jonah realizes it's his fault too. And he's like, throw me overboard. Jonah asks to be thrown overboard, which I think is interesting. And the sailors at first are like, no, nah, we're not gonna throw you overboard. That's kind of weird, bro. Like we just go see how we we go try to make it to land. Don't worry. And they can't because God said no. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, then we throw you overboard. And they throw him overboard. And God appoints, commands a big fish to swallow Jonah whole. And this is where the big fish comes in. In Jonah chapter two. The Lord commands the big fish to swallow him. And he's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Which is a reference in the New Testament somewhere, right? That they were like, Jesus, they were like, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so was Jesus in the tomb, right? Where is that in the mm-hmm. Bible? It's a it's a scripture. I just don't know what um, book it is now. But I know it's a, it's I feel like there. it was John. Maybe. It kind of, sounds kind of Johnny. <laughs> It does. <laughs> John S. It does. We will get to it later. Uh around sometime in I'm gonna guess in July. August. Yeah, maybe. No July. I don't know. But that could be a reference to Jesus too, that he was in the belly. You know, there's always these threes and sevens. Mm-hmm. It's there. I can't ignore it. I'm not a numerologist. I'll that's another thing. I feel like numerology copies it does. Because there's stuff. biblical numerology. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so the important part of Jonah being in a whale is because uh, that's where he prays and repents for what what he did, which was bad, which was wrong. 
Um, you should go read his prayer. I'm not going to read it today, but it's in Jonah chapter two. Mm-hmm. And um, but I will say in his prayer, he uses like some Psalms. So he clearly knew the word of God because some of the Psalms were already written. Um, and then he is after all this, after he repents, he throws up um, by the command of God. God's commanding, not commanding. He's controlling the fish the whole time. What do you think the scene is like when he gets thrown up? <laughs> what do you think? How gross do you think it is? So, like, imagine Mike Todd spit, but, like, all over your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then being covered in sand because he got spit up on. Yeah. And now the sand is stuck to the slime. So imagine having to tell people to repent now that you covered in in like fish guts or well not guts but like fish. That's nasty. Whatever he ate. Sand, whatever, yeah. Because he threw up. Now he you just smell. I don't know, but when I when I read it, I was like, it's not lost on me that this fish threw him up. It wasn't like I think when I was a kid, and I and I knew they told us. I don't know if they used the words throw up. They had to. I don't know what the word you would use. Maybe they say he spit him out or something. Yeah, as if he was just stuck in his mouth. But but no. To, for for me to read that, he threw him up. I know what throw up looks like. And I'm trying to imagine Jonah in the situation where all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, we're moving. Oh, like I'm getting squeezed through a throat. Like, come on now. Like, I don't know. Am I the only one who thinks like this? Like, no, no, I you're think- not." That's I think that the Bible is real life, that these things happen in real life. Now, did they happen exactly? I mean, he wrote it about his own life. I can write a book about my own life. Doesn't mean that it's it, every detail is correct. It's based on my remembrance. But he remembered he got thrown up. He didn't put the details because he probably was trying to, um, you know, what's the Save word? Save the torture. Maybe save himself. He's trying to block out the memory. But <laughs> after yeah, that. You got thrown up. He you got, thrown, got up. thrown up. And he's still talking about the side of his neck. I just don't. I, he, did. he did not learn anything. Yeah. And this is why I guess he's an intercessory. Well, there's many reasons. But, I mean, he eventually is obedient. Maybe he was still reluctant. But I think he learned his lesson. He didn't want to get swallowed by the whale again. No, he didn't. So he did what he was supposed to do, but then got mad at God because God actually granted them repentance. So he was like, no, nah, I'm going to go and like tell them to repent and then they're going to repent and then God's going to be like, no, you're evil. And then he's going to feel you know what? I think like he this was righteous on? like, nah, nanny boo boo, you know? I think, I think he was banking on them not repenting. And I think he got mad that they did so quickly because they didn't even put up a fight. They didn't even like trip. They was like, for real? Okay. Hey, say less. What it was this my whole life. Yeah, like they're like, okay, God, God knows us. Hmm. Okay. Say less. We're actually didn't they fast or something? They did like a yes, whole... like they didn't even let their their animals eat. Yeah, like we're and, and this is like a, a completely dry fast. There's no food, no water, nothing. They shut everything down. And these are pagans. These these are oh, people wait. who don't have a relationship with the Lord. They they repented quickly. It's like they believe what Jonah was saying. Jonah said, if you do not repent, 
this city will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were like, okay. Okay, and also because um, I think it's in Galatians that Paul says that the reason why the gospel was um, given to the Gentiles is because the Israelites wasted it. Um, they mm-hmm. had it and they squandered it. So it was given That's to the Gentiles. True. So now Jonah is over here giving the Gentiles the Lord, people who aren't inherently or are, are ethnically Israelites. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're getting the Lord. People who aren't inherently the people, the like chosen people are hearing about God sent by someone who is supposed to have this birthright of God. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's probably feeling a way. It's like this is mine. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he really didn't expect them to just like grab hold. Because I feel like when you read it, I didn't see any pushback. I didn't see any like, mm, no. we'll see. We don't really know who that God the is. King came they out, were just like, say less. The king came out and was like, oh for real? Oh yeah, yeah no, nah, shut it down, shut it down. We're doing a fast. Everybody, shut it down, mm-hmm. quick. And then you know all goes, God be wanting y'all to do is humble yourselves and pray, yeah. and He will relent and turn from time. your wicked ways, and He will hear from heaven, or yeah, He will hear you from heaven, and something your land. What verse is that? Hey, I will land? heal your land. Yes, I don't know. I feel like He says it a couple times. He does, but I don't remember what reference that is i feel like it's something that we recently read though i feel like it's in chronicles but yeah. i may be reaching um it's in one of those it's in one of those uh, because we really i feel like we recently read it um yeah but yeah but yeah so what's really putting jonah in the intercessory prayer for me is chapter four because he gets mad he gets mad that the people repent mad and god is like so why are you mad and he was like, because I knew you would do this. You're just full of mercy and loving kindness. And you just, you do this all the time. How you going to be mad at God for having mercy? Like you, you want all his mercy for yourself. Cause he, right, gave like, you he mercy, definitely Jonah. had mercy. Bruh, he had you could have died in that water. You could have died in the water. I could have not sent the, the fish to save you. I could have let the fish digest you. Anything you could have been chewed, my guy. All of this was merciful, but you think that I should only have mercy on you and your people. No, I created all people, fool. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, even though, like, I feel like Israel is his chosen people that he chose so Jesus would come through that line, right? But there's a passage that says that Israel is God's firstborn. To Mm -hmm. me, that implies that there are second and third and fourth borns. Mm-hmm. That's just what it applies to me, which implies yeah. that all people are God's people. We just be falling off and doing stuff we ain't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's just my interpretation of everything, yeah. but I yeah. could be wrong. But what's funny is what God tells him, he says something like, oh, yeah, because God like appoints a plant to like shield him from like the sun or something while he's like sitting yeah. there. So, okay. So he's sitting on this like hill and uh, God causes this plant to spring up behind him and it it grows 
and its leaves are shading him because it got really hot and like the sun was just beating down on him so the the plant was like shielding him or whatever and then like out of nowhere god sends a bug to like or a worm to eat through the plant and then the plant withers in the sun and dies yep and then jonah is like oh no my plant is broken (laughs) (laughs) and god's like so you're sorry you like you feel sorry for this plant but you don't feel sorry for a whole nation of people yes yes exactly it's like and then goes, you... yeah <laughs> like, like you're damn right <laughs> and that's the end like that's the end yes the y'all end oh my god and this is what's so crazy about jonah okay i'm gonna that's read y'all the end. end of jonah how it ends okay because we're talking about this plant okay what she just said about what the lord said i'm gonna read you the exact words this is John, Jonah, John, for Jonah 4, 10. And the Lord said, you cared about the plant, which you did not labor over and did not grow. It appeared in the night and perished in the night. So may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as many animals? Question mark. Okay, that's the end. That's it. There's no more Jonah after that. That's it. And I kind of want to know Jonah's response. Like, I kid you not, the first time I read this, I was flipping like, no, nah, that ain't it. That's not, the, that. I know there's more. That can't be the end. That's the worst series finale I've ever seen. Like, the worst. It's worse than The Sopranos ending. It's like. Bro, that series got canceled before they could even plan for a series finale. I don't, I, like. Literally, it ends with God says, I mean, God might drops, right? He's like, you worried about the plant, but you mad at me for worried about humans. Right. 100,000 humans, bro. Make it make and sense. It just and the animals. A question. A question mark. And that's it. It's over. Then you get to go into Micah, if you're reading it in the order that the Bible's in. Like, what? Oh. I want to know more about Jonah. I do. I want to know about this man who argues with God. Is he okay? Did he die a good death? Is he in heaven? (laughs) Is he in heaven? Let me know. (laughs) I just want to know. Like he said, I'll cut it off here. I'm getting embarrassed. (laughs) Yes. He he wrote it himself. I'm almost I wondered if he meant to finish it. But something happened and he never... You know how you be writing stuff? Like, think, think about your screenplay, right? You ain't Bruh. finished it. But if somebody find it in a thousand years, they gonna be like, dang, I really want to know the ending. What happened? But you just never finished it. <laughs> I think that's what happened with Jonah. He was like, I'm gonna write this down, to. man. And somebody found a scroll and it was like, he just never finished it. I think that's what it was. Because that is weird. You're not gonna put your response... What did you respond to the Lord after he... What was the end of the conversation? Probably or nothing. Did, or like, did Jonah just real, die? Real under, talk, next to the probably planet? nothing. It's a lot. It's a lot, y'all. But I'm telling you, the first time I read Jonah... This is my second time reading the book of Jonah. But I'm still like... 
I'm still like, y'all, this is why y'all have to read. Like, my goal in life is for everybody to read their Bible. That is, I know that's my ministry to get people to read the Bible. Same. Mm -hmm. Because you think your whole life that you won't think nothing. You just be like Jonah and the whale. You think of the story. And you won't know how crazy Jonah is. Jonah is crazy. He talked to the Lord crazy. He's trying to talk to God upside his head, like straight up. And God had to say, I feel like God was like, you for real? Like this how I am. This how I am when Omari starts having uh, tantrums. I look at him, I say, you for real? Like, like, for real? real? Because you you tripping right now. Like, that's how God was then. You are tripping, my good sir. You are worried about a plant more than people. And I have... I have went wrong with you, my son. Because that <laughs> where where have we gone wrong? <laughs> yes, we have definitely gone wrong. But um, let me see. My notes are really over, but I do have. Oh, we're gonna talk about. We're still in our intercessory prayer. Second Kings six. Um, right. yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna tell the people what was going on in Second Kings? Okay. 6? So as I was reading, literally. I read it and I stopped and I was like, so you're not just going to speed past that, that you didn't just say what you just said. Yeah. That's what happened in my head. I was like, I feel like I'm in a TikTok because this is ridiculous. So it starts off all nice. It is, you know, just kind of like, it's just explaining some things. Right. And Mm -hmm. like out of nowhere, if you're not paying attention. So that was one thing that like, I was like kind of glazing over a little. Yeah. And then it got to this part and Here's the paraphrase, but basically, all I remember that made me go back was um, this woman talking to this dude, don't know who these people are at this point. All I see is she says, so then this woman said to me, um, why don't we eat our sons? Mm-hmm. Today, mm-hmm. we'll like cook and eat your son, and then tomorrow, we'll do mine. Mm-hmm. 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 And that was their agreement. And so now they ate the they ate the first girl's son and then the next day rolls around and the the other woman was trying to like hide her son. Yeah, cuz I don't want him to get eaten. What the heck? Like, but we was just we was all gung-ho about eating my baby. Like what? This I don't is understand. Th- but there is a there context. There's context cuz either yes. way is wild. It's very wild. Yes. However, In- the this chapter was prophesied. They, it was a one. famine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was an extreme famine. They were at the point where, was it dove poop, turtle dove poop, something like that was being sold at like no. the highest degree, like donkey heads Ugh. were being sold because that's how much of a famine they were in. So like those bottom of bottom of the bottom that wouldn't even be costing anything because no one would eat them are now yeah. costing so much that only the rich could eat those things. And now we eating babies instead of poop. Yeah. It, right. Yo. Because they ha- they're starving. So mm, I can't. it gets, so yeah, it gets to the point where <laughs> Israel is starving and um, apparently this was prophesied. Was it Elisha that prophesied this? I can't remember this now. Was prof- Hold on. I screenshotted it. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm just looking. I'm still reading the part where it says they boiled the son and ate him. 
Not even roasted. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Yes. So in Deuteronomy 28. So this is from the Enduring Word commentary. says, Deuteronomy 28 contains an extended section where God warned Israel about the curses that would come upon them if they rejected the covenant he made with them. Part of that chapter describes the horrors fulfilled in this chapter, 2 Kings 6. They shall besiege you at all of your gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all the land. And they shall besiege you at all your gates throughout all of your land, which the Lord your God has given you. You shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and of your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you. So these were, this is what God told them, like, would happen if they did what they did and they did what they did multiple times over. Yeah, so it wasn't like I, even I, straight out the gate. Like it wasn't straight out the gate. Like oh, you did it once. This is this is what it divulged to. No, they every just, single king was like bad. they did evil in the sight of God, or they were yeah. like they did good in the sight of the Lord, but they didn't tear down all of the Baal worship things. They didn't tear down the astral poles. All the different gods, mm-hmm. little G, still had all their shrines and stuff. So like. They were still worshiping other gods, even though they were trying to rebuild the temple and a temple of God and all these other stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it got to the point where they was in a massive famine. You know what's so funny? People always, the more I read about Israel and, like, how crazy they were, and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, Jesus came out of Judah, right? And which is Israel, but not the full Israel. Mm-hmm. And and you know how people have this like blind allegiance. It's like there's some Christians who have blind allegiance to Israel because it's like we must protect Israel because I really don't know the reason all the way. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely educated on why. But when you think about it, it's like, do we really need that allegiance? Like, weren't they like tripping? Like, haven't they been tripping forever? Mm-hmm. Forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Even after Jesus died, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, shouldn't yeah. we be like, really just elite, have allegiance to like Jerusalem, which I know is in yeah. Israel, right? But the whole thing is not. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe. So, so there was okay. So the same thing, the same type of like injustice or not injustice, but disobedience was happening in Judah as was happening in Israel. Right, that's true, and yeah, not a, as bad though. Not all no, the time. Not every king was bad, like Israel. Right, Israel had some good kings. Which ones? They were the ones that I was saying that like they they did good in the sight of the Lord, but they didn't tear down any of the Asherah poles. A lot so of so their heart was towards God. So there were some from Judah, but there were some from Israel too. But the thing is, oh. is that like. For for Judah, God was like, man, I really want to wipe y'all out. But I said that Dave, the line of David will mm-hmm. never be wiped out from Judah. So I can't wipe y'all out because I already yeah. made a covenant with David that your line will be a light or a lamp or whatever, a torch, something with fire for <laughs> forever <laughs> in Judah. <laughs> something with fire. Something with fire. What are those? Um, 
but yeah, no, God was trying to take out uh not Jeroboam, but Jeroboam's son, I think. Or so his many. grandson. Something like that. Some very, very bad one. He was like, Man, mm. God <laughs> it literally says God wanted to take him out but couldn't. So yeah, yeah. There's plenty of times where he's like, "Look, I would take you out, but for the sake of my servant David, I will not." That's why you gotta have a good daddy. That's why you know. That's why I be trying to serve the Lord because when my son grows up and he try to be a knucklehead, he look at my son and be like, "For the sake of my servant Wiggy, I'm I'm a chill." And I feel like with me, he's look at me and be like, "For the sake of my servant Karen, that's my mama's name." Uh, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you make it, which he did. He let me make it a lot of times. Um, okay, our next and for person all of us, our, for yes. all of us, it's really for the sake of my servant Jesus. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes, for the sake of the servant Jesus, because we really be wilding out. We talking about Israel wilding out, and we think that I mean we wild out too. It's 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 a repetitive human nature type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our next person in intercessory prayer, I told you I was going to talk to y'all about Jezebel. Um, Jezebel is going to die. Second Kings 9. So it was prophesied that Jehu was going to take out um, everybody. And I think at this point, was Jehu anointed king? Yes. Yes. Because he was so king Jehu was, seven. He what? Right? No, he, that he was, was king in 57? No, it's so many Jehu's, Joash, Jehoash, like right. Joash was like anointed king at seven years old when Athaliah. Oh yeah, we gonna talk about them. I have more to say about them. That's why Jezebel's going first because they that whole thing was. I was getting that mixed up. They were doing a lot. So Jehu, he was prophesied to kill people, and he becomes king or whatever, right? So, as y'all remember, there was a prophecy about Jezebel dying and being eaten by dogs. And it happened. Mm-hmm. So, Jehu kills Jezebel. I almost just want to just read this real quick. Um, Technically. What? I mean, her servants threw her out the window. Is that what and then mean? And then Jehu ran her over with, with horses. Yes. Yes, y'all. Do y'all want to hear it? It's kind of it's it's really like a good little clip right here. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard about it, so she painted her eyes, fixed her hair, and looked down from the window. Let me tell you something about Jezebel. Which hey, look, Jezebel ain't she ain't she a thug? She ain't scared. She knows Jehu is coming. She said, "Look, I'm sitting here. I'm gonna fix my hair." I'm going to paint my eyes. Now, when she's, when they say paint her eyes, I, I think that's either makeup or war paint. Or, I don't know. Does painting of the eyes, do you, is that any kind of witchcraft type of thing? I don't, I don't, know I don't study witchcraft. I have no idea. I surely don't. But she painted her <laughs> eyes. She looked down from the window. As Jehu entered the city gate, she said, do you come in peace, Zimri, killer of your master? Which that confused me because I was like, I thought Zimri was already dead. Um, so it's not that she was thinking that it was Emery, but she was calling him a murderer. So she oh, already okay. knew. She was like, "Do you come in peace, murderer? Because yeah, I know you about to kill the king or whatever, and kill and me. You ain't here for peace, queen mother. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sarcastic thing. 
Yeah. He looked up toward the window and said, who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him and he said, throw her down. So he threw, so they threw her down and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horse and Jehu rolled over her. Yo. Then he went in, ate and drank and said, take care of this cursed woman and bury her since she's a king's daughter. So they still had a little respect for her because she was a king's yeah, daughter. But um, even though she, not she's really. evil. Yeah, but it's like you got respect to bury her properly, but you ran her over with your chariot. But they her blood didn't bury her properly. That's what I'm saying. No, he he, he told them to bury her properly and they it was too did late. not do that. It was too late because the prophecy was the prophecy and it don't, it don't matter. So, uh, but when they went out to bury her, they did not find anything but the skull, the feet, and the hands. Yikes. So they went in and told him and he said, this fulfills the Lord's word that he spoke through his servant Elijah, Tishbite. In the plot of land at Jezreel, the dogs will eat Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's corpse will be like manure on the surface of the ground in the plot of the land at Jezreel so that no one will be able to say, this is Jezebel. God wiped Jezebel out. And this is why when people talk, we talked about the spirit of Jezebel last episode, but when people talk about it like it's actually like a, um, like a demon, like we said, like it can't be like a demon because it can't be like multiple demons of Jezebel mm-hmm. all over the place. But it's like Jezebel is dead. She's super dead. Like, I don't care nothing about her spirit. I don't know what her spirit is, but she is dead as a doornail. She, so they my husband found her up. body. Her body. Oh, yeah, gone. no. They couldn't even recognize her because it was just her yeah. head. Her, she is well, the it was skull. It wasn't even her face. A skull um, in her hand. And her feet. Um, Can y'all imagine? No, and I don't, I don't even. I'm not even gonna try. But my husband looked it up movie. because I was like, "Where are they getting this spirit of Jezebel from? Like, where are they getting the whole like her being a seductress and all that kind of stuff from? Because it wasn't in her situation with Ahab, right? Um, it literally comes from like a couple verses in Revelation, mm. and people pull an okay. entire means of judgment on somebody from a few verses in Revelation. Interesting. And it's talking about uh, a certain church, one of the seven churches, and he was, and God was like, um, you've let this woman seduce you into doing things that, like, you're not supposed to do or whatever, like, to cause you to sin, um, seducing you into, like, sexual sin, Mm -hmm. and calling the woman that's doing that a Jezebel. Well, calling that woman Jezebel, not a Jezebel, but yeah, Jezebel. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I guess she did seduce him because the word seduce is like it doesn't maybe it doesn't have to be sexual. You can seduce somebody into doing something they shouldn't do. I could seduce you into right. doing worshiping God. But in Revelation, it says seduce um, into sexual sin. Oh, so okay, anyone okay. who commits adultery with her will taste eternal damnation or something like that. Uh, I get it. I get it. Mm. Well, we will talk about Jezebel again then. Um, yeah. When we get that's going to be in September for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Now we're going to get to Joash and Atalia. So this these stories are in Second Kings eleven and twelve, and I think Second Chronicles twenty two and twenty three. Mm-hmm. I believe. 
kind of hard to read it like that. But okay, so my boy Joash, this is the one that becomes king when he's seven, but they hid him, right? Because Atalia yeah. was was murdering people. Yeah, right? so she was going off and killing everybody that could be king. Mm-hmm. And she assumed the throne. Yeah, because her son died. Her son mm-hmm. died, and then she was like, I, I think she wasn't ready to have a power, I guess. So she yeah. killed everybody. And then she was queen for like six years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. My girl usurped the throne. Yep. Huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, she had power. She oh, had yeah. Power. I mean... She she's wicked too. People now, why are people not talking about Atalia or Atalia, and they talking about Jezebel? She did bad stuff too. She usurped power that was not hers. Like at least Jezebel, she technically just married a king, and that's why she became queen. And she was right. Just and Ahab Ahab wasn't much of a king, so she had to run. Yeah, he was always. He was always pouting. She was like, "Why did I have to marry this guy?" She, I don't think she really liked him that much. Um, but yeah. So what happened was when Atalia started killing everybody, there was one guy named Joash, a little baby, and uh, somebody hid him. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the prophet Obadiah? No, not prophet, but minister. What was his name? There was a guy who was like hiding him, right? Was it Omri? No, Jehoiada. Jehoiada. Jehoiada was the yes. priest. Yes. It was a priest who was hiding him. So they hid him for like six years. So he must have been like one when they hid him. Because they mm. hid him for like six years. And then um, they're like, okay, we got a plan. Because Atalia, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm going to figure it out. She, uh, they had to hide it from her. They were like, we're going to um, do a ceremony where we like make him king while she's distracted. And then we go out to kill her, clearly. So that's what happened. They anoint him as king as a seven-year-old. He don't know what he's doing. And Atalia is um is murdered because nobody has time for you, girl. You gotta go. But so like, after okay. that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna go into after that, Jehoiada kinda he was kinda like Joash's um like mentor. You know how like mm-hmm. Like you ever seen yeah, Game of Thrones? Joash was no. Oh, but like or any of those like medieval type stuff. Sometimes the king be young because somebody died un- suddenly. And I remember on Game of Thrones, um, one of the King Tommen, his brother was actually a young king too, but then he died, and then his he was like I don't know, like thirteen. But somebody was basically like helping him because he didn't know what he was mm-hmm. doing. He was a little kid, right? Yeah, so like this was honestly Israel's first chance at actually turning back to God because Jehoiada was adamant about like bringing revival and like mm-hmm. you know getting the temples together and um and there was a point where Joash went well as Joash got older he went and killed like all of the um was it the Baal priests or something like that but anyone like I mm-hmm. think it was like the yeah i think it was bail but like he went and killed you know anyone who worshiped bail um he did this thing where um he like 
he staged a bell ceremony or something like that and got all of the people who worship bell in the same room and he and he was telling all of his servants like make sure that anybody in this room is like is just bell worshipers make sure that they wear these cloak and gave them like a cloak to wear and then he opened fire i mean they didn't have guns back then but like he had his people stationed all the way around it and he said if you let one of the one of them escape um basically you'll pay for them your life will pay for theirs um so yeah and killed all of them and then he got rid of the um oh joash did not get rid of the astral poles yeah i think he was one of the ones that like uh, he He left the high places yeah he did but the thing is is that all of that happened after jehoiada died jehoiada died so jehoiada Mm -hmm. died and joash is like okay i'm done like jehoiada was really the reason why i was doing all this stuff and so now that he's dead like eh, i'm done i'm good i don't need to i feel like somebody had persuaded him or something because it says after jehoiada died the rulers of judah came and paid homage to the king then the king listened to them so they must have said something to him and then they abandoned the temple of the lord like it was just so quick like i don't know what these people from judah ruler said but they said something bad and he was just like huh okay well let's go back to let's just apostatize then Hmm. let's just go back to the idolatry right but i guess if you're seven years old and someone's been telling you how to run the kingdom your entire life and you've Mm -hmm. never had to make decisions for yourself you just listen to people really just listen to people dang so jehoiada should have been well, who knows if he he probably he might have tried, but it's like you, you it's not enough to just guide them and tell them what to do. You have to really teach them. Like yeah. I'm not gonna be here forever, so like really teach them how to be mm-hmm. a man or or whoever yeah. the leader that he was supposed to be because he shouldn't have been able to have been swayed that easily. But he was he was still young though. I don't yeah. know if he was in his twenties. I think. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know how many he's years like now. Yeah, so I guess he's still relatively young. You know, when, when young men, especially in their young 20s, they're not even really, they're not really grown up all the way, all the time yet. And sometimes that's when they start really, like, having that arrogance about them. Sometimes um, they think, oh, I'm grown. I'm, I could do this and that. But really, you still dumb. Because, I'm sorry, we're all dumb. And at 22, most people are dumb unless you just have like this old soul about you that you just already been through a lot of stuff when you was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't been through nothing yet. At 22, you're not, you're not smart. Yeah. Um, but what, yeah. else, what else happened? Was that it? I mean, Joe Ash ends up being assassinated. Yeah. He was stripping and that's what happens when you're not on God's side. He removes the protection and you get assassinated. Hmm. I couldn't remember if there was anyone no else that needed to be. But most of the kings, let, let me just tell you guys, most of the kings in Israel's history belong in intercessory prayer, okay? Mm-hmm. They're all just, they be doing crazy stuff. Makes for a good read sometimes, though. Um, Yeah, I don't know what we're reading next. Ooh, next week we get to talk about Amos. Very good. I read it already. It's very exciting. Ooh, that'll be a good closeout for Black History Month, too. 
because Amos is all about the justice. And when you do bad stuff, always God is coming for you. So I won't say who God's coming for, but you know who he is coming for. <laughs> they did some bad things. And judgment will be dealt out as as I mean you better repent. That's all I gotta say. Y'all better repent. I hope your ancestors went repented before they went to their grave. That's all I'm saying. Um but yeah, we get to read Amos next week. I forgot what else we read, but I'm excited about Amos. Um I'm excited about Hosea because there's Oh we Hosea get to read Hosea too? Mm-hmm. Are we reading Hosea too? Yeah. Oh nice. And then, and then we'll be able to talk about what is is it the something love un unrequited love or something like that have you read that book what hosea not the book based on like the fiction christian fiction book that's based on the hosea and like how i haven't that sounds like how he married a prostitute or whatever it's not it's not good it's um oh man it's christian but like it's for it's for christian women to get their rocks off at home without yeah there's a movie coming out okay we'll we'll probably end up talking about it that week's um uh church bulletin because there's a whole thing talking about the movie that's coming out based on that book i will talk because i don't want to talk about you mean something I didn't know anything about this. Almost all the girls in like the purity classes, we was all reading. Well, they was all reading because I tried. I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, But it was getting your rocks off. I mean, like, okay. It was like a romance. It's like, is it like a Christian romance novel? Yes. But why is it about Hosea? Because of Hosea and Gomer. Yeah, but I. That's barely a romance, the way I read it. Like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if you if you ask me, Hosea, so and we'll get extra. to it next week. I don't want to give him too much. But I'm like, Hosea was begging for his wife to come home. And she was and out there trying to. a prostitute. Yeah. We'll like, I understand it. it's supposed to be an allegory or a metaphor or a sh- type and shadow of yeah. our relationship with God. I get it. But it's yeah. just like, dude, I understand and God's supposed to be a prostitute. But like, bruh, In real life, he just looked crazy. But he does. Maybe and God like, be feeling like he looked crazy dealing with us. Maybe. Because he just loves us and we be acting a fool and like cheating on him yeah. and stuff. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. She was. Because she was book, really doing the most. Like she, she was, was down like, town where. Bro, she was like, I'm going to keep leaving. I got kids. I don't care. I don't care about them I kids. You a single dad. <laughs> She's just like, yeah. why do you keep coming for me, bro? Like, I, I, I don't want to come home. Yeah. Aren't you going to get it through your thick skull? I don't want to be with you. Oh, my gosh. Is that how bro. we do it, God? I don't want to come home. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I'm out here doing what I want to do, and what I want to do is not come home with you. Bar. Dang. So we so we in the prophets now, I guess. Maybe minor yeah, prophets. We're in the, well, no yeah, way. We're in the major prophets. Knowing the difference sometimes. So we're gonna have Hosea and Amos, and then we're gonna get a brief introduction into Isaiah. Um, Isaiah. Oh, let me mm-hmm. tell y'all guys, Isaiah is a hard book. We're gonna have to really pay attention to yeah. that. Like, like, and I'm saying that for me and Vic. It's <laughs> we like are gonna a really have to read. 
oh my god it's so hard it's like like so much stuff went over my head that i'm just yeah. like it's gonna be like reading it like new again it's so, and it's long it's long it is y'all. it is so we might be in isaiah for a long time unless they skip around again possibly but it's gonna be like with psalms that how we felt like we was giving y'all a psalm all the time we will be like that with Isaiah. I'm sure Isaiah is so long. Oh, are they giving us straight through? Oh no, they did. No, it's not straight through. Okay, they will give us like Isaiah and Michael. But anyway, we love you guys. I forgot to tell you to um hit the like on YouTube, but do it now if you made it this far. Hit the like. Um, shout out to the people who hit the like all the time. Um, it helps with the algorithms. If I could get to a like per view, that would be awesome. Um. Yeah, subscribe. Do all the things. Leave us a review on Apple. We have one review. Not complaining, but I would like more if you got them or just a rating. You know, no pressure. Um, And I think that's it. We don't have any announcements. Uh, We didn't have a church bulletin last week. I don't know if we're going to have one this week, but we'll have one next week, apparently. We did plan that. So be (laughs) be on the lookout for that. And, um... Yeah, this episode was way better than the last one. I hope you guys' ears are not bleeding. And we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.